Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents... The Elder Scrolls Lorecast! Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Hey there, adventurers. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, as usual, and this week I am flying solo. Yeah, something came up and Lotus wasn't able to join me this week, and so we didn't do a live show because it's a little bit weird to do a live show when you're just talking by yourself. So I wanted to make sure to get out a episode, an episode, for all of you. Um, this is like old times again, where it's just me and a microphone and my notes and, uh, you know, the program recording the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it, you know, settle in and uh, enjoy the rest of the show, I guess. We are going back to the Deadlands. We talked about the Deadlands a little bit last week as we were talking about Mayrun's Dagon. And with all of the excitement for the Oblivion-esque expansion to Elder Scrolls Online, I think... Figured it was probably a good idea to explore a little bit more about what we know about the realm of Mayrun's Dagon. Because if that expansion is anything like Oblivion, then we are probably going to be going through some Oblivion gates and having to close them by exploring the world of the Deadlands. So let's get into it. This is where you get off. Come with me. So th the Deadlands, of course, is a Daedric realm ruled over by Mayrun's Dagon. And just like any other Daedric realm, it looks a lot like what you would think it would look like based on the personality of the Daedric Prince. So it's been a little while since we talked about Mayrun's Dagon, I guess almost two years now since I've gone through all the Daedra. Uh, man, does time fly. Um, Mayrun's Dagon, to remind you, is the Lord of Destruction, basically, but also change, revolution, energy, ambition. And he is associated with things like fire and earthquakes and floods. So with that as our perspective, it makes sense that his realm would be chaotic. It would be something that we, by default, would find dangerous or unsettling, but not completely chaos. It's not as if his realm is destroyed and therefore there's nothing left, like it's a trash pile of just stuff that used to be. There is order to his realm. And his realm, although there is order to the realm, is still full of dangers and structures and the kinds of things that we as mortals in Tamriel would find very off-putting. But of course, the Dramora that live there find it to be home. 
<laughs> and there's more than just Remora. You would think in a realm based around destruction that, again, you wouldn't have things like plants or animals or those kinds of things. But that is not actually the truth. You have plants and animals. So let's let's dig into it. The Deadlands contains many monoliths, war gates, bridges, and towers, and many of these are defunct in ruins. So you have structures that have fallen down and, and are in ruin, but that doesn't mean all of them are. The towers are built in a very specific Daedric kind of style, the um, angular uh shapes i guess you could say uh, triangular shapes angular shapes uh, horns and spikes those kinds of things and generally the realm is not lit other than the glow of the sky and the light coming out of say lava it's very orange and reddish tinged and on some walls, there are sconces with flames or glowing orbs and those kinds of things. Most of the towers have a hollow center with several walkways and twisting platforms walking up to the sides of them. There are also smaller towers on the sides of these towers, usually, where they store prisoners and they are navigated through the use of a corpse masher an elevator system used to execute captives can you imagine that elevators that both help you get from one level to the next but also crush and dismember uh, the captives that they have in the realm it's it's a wonderful place i guess you could describe it as being kind of hellish which would make sense Many mechanisms are controlled through gear-based access systems, which can break easily. Large structures contain magical runes, teleport pads, blood wells, and magicka essence fountains, which are used to, for restorative purposes. Now, all of this is known from the game, The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, and whether these things are specific to just the part of the realm that we were able to visit through those portals or if this is indicative of the entire realm is yet to be seen because these may have just been say the staging areas for the armies which were meant to go through the portals this is something i'm i'm not looking up this is something that i'm actually considering as i think through this let I me mean, think about it if you have portals that are opening up into tamriel that are spewing forth monsters, Daedric armies, then if you were to go back through those portals, then you would naturally be going into the parts of the realm where you had strongholds, where these armies were kept. But what about the rest of the realm? Are there other places to explore as well? Where are those Daedra living? The, most of these areas that we, we visit in Oblivion don't look like living quarters, they look like military structures. Now this is also suggested in some of the other ways that uh, this area is designed. According to the UESP wiki, it goes on and says, not all areas of the realm are sophisticated, however, wooden bridges and primitive torches are sometimes used in place of stone, lava tunnels beneath reach the, storm, the stormy surface. Occasionally flooded with magma or toxic gases, but often incorporated into structures and used as a means to traverse the landscape. As such, these caves are inhabited with just as many Daedra as the surface, and Harada roots often break through. 
cruel traps are employed both inside the towers and around their exterior. Magical landmines and fire towers protect the keeps from outside invaders, while devious mechanized traps await those who find themselves within. So again, the kind of structures you would expect in, say, a fortification. Traps, towers, tunnels, and then, of course, the Daedra ready inside with their weapons and armor in order to protect them. But we know, we know from other stories, we know from especially the books about the Elder Scrolls that the Daedra aren't all just mindless warriors. There is a culture and a society to them. There are chefs. There are people who take care of the lords of the realm's rooms. There's a whole hierarchy of structure. There are, there are Daedra that deal with the rebirth because when you die as a Daedra, your, your soul goes and it has to be reborn. And the tending to the systems. All of these things are things that we don't see in this realm, at least in this location. So where are they? Are we going to get a glimpse into some of this other stuff? I don't know that we are, but I would imagine that for a realm to work, for you to have a regular steady source of Daedric soldiers, you need the rest of the infrastructure in society to support that. So that's just my imagine going, imagination going there. Also, we, we do know that there are some creatures, and even like it mentioned here with the roots, some, uh, some plant life in the realm. Although it looks very hellish and it's full of lava and stone and, and those kinds of things, there are, other, there are other creatures. And the fact that even they have wooden bridges means that there must be trees in some locations. The wiki goes on. And says, very little flora can grow in the realm's hostile environment. Burnt grass and dead trees dot the landscape, while blood grass, aggressive harada roots, and poisonous spittle plants grow abundantly in the charred soil. Now notice, there's burnt grass and dead trees. Is this symbolic? Were these placed here as if they once were living? Or were they actually living? And then they were destroyed. My guess is the second, because, as we know, Mayrun Stagon is the Lord of Destruction, and you can't destroy something that is not undestroyed. <laughs> Makes sense. You can't put if if you were to put like a dead tree there, what would be the use of killing a dead tree? It does. You can't. You would have had to have live trees with which to kill, or to have gathered the wood to make the bridges. Well, what about the creatures? All manner of lesser Daedra inhabit the realm, from the lowly stunted scamp to the powerful Zevilia, which I think is the way you pronounce that. Those are some of the highest uh, level of the Dramora. This realm is also home to many unique forms of Daedra, such as the fiery Nightmare Courser, Nightmare Sench, and Nightmare Wolf. I can imagine that these will be mounts that we might be able to get in the new expansions. These flaming black beasts may resemble the creatures of Tamriel, but their true origins are obscure, and many see the hand of Mayrun's Dagon in their creation. The magma scamp is another native to the Deadlands, recognizable by its molten black skin wreathed in flames. So this is a uh, pet that I actually have. It's one of my favorite pets to use in ESO. 
Now, when I say that we're probably going to get things like Nightmare Courser, Sench, and Wolves in the expansion, those those are mounts that you can get already in Elder Scrolls Online. But I have a uh, <laughs> I have a feeling we'll get some other variations on those. The Mud Crab of Eternal Doom, and I, I love that there's a Mud Crab of Eternal Doom, is a scuttling horror which superficially resembles the Mud Crabs of Tamriel, but which seemingly thrives in the scorching heat and relentless desolation of the Deadlands. Among the most powerful of Dagon's servants is the mighty Ash Titan, a fiery variant of the Daedric Titan, first created by Molech Ball in imitation of the dragons. I love this idea of the Daedric Lords playing off of each other. Now, you have to think that Molag Ball and Mehrunes Dagon are in competition with each other. Think about it. Mehrunes Dagon is all about destruction, change, revolution, ambition, and Molag Ball, who's all about things like domination and enslavement those two can't get along they can't so when one has a shiny new toy a daedric titan the other has to take that idea and warp it in some way in order to use it as well it's like two siblings who just can't quite get along who are slightly different and both really bad apples that's kind of the way i, I picture the two of these now the ash titan is actually a really cool um really cool looking uh, creature it looks kind of like a balrog if you think of the uh, lord of the rings movies it it's got the you know like the fiery looking wings and the uh like a monster standing up on its hind legs with horns and a gaping maw and the inside is glowing and you can kind of see it coming out of the body it's very very cool now this is found in eso already so Again, I wouldn't be surprised to see some other variations on this in the upcoming expansions. Now, I did mention the Dramora and a social structure, and that, of course, applies to this as well. There is a hierarchy in this realm of the Dramora and how they are organized, I guess you could say, underneath Mehrunes Dagon. So, of course, Mehrunes Dagon rules the realm. He's he's the top. But below that, there is a warlike patriarchal society. The, the kind, which is another name for the Dramora, act as the prince's chief servants. And the closest to Mehrun's Dagon is the Valkyne, or Valkin, his personal guard. The Valkanez, or Valkanaz, I guess is how you pronounce it, serve as commanders of operations of particular importance, but usually stay by his side. So will these be mini bosses? Will they be characters that we come across in dungeons? Below the Valken is the Markin, Mehrunes Dagon's Council of Lords. A kin marcher is the lord and high officer of a citadel, outpost, or gate. He controls both a clan's fighting unit and a fife, a territory for which he is responsible. The lowest ranked kinaz are churls, who are undistinguished rabble furiously cruel to mortals and other daedra but obsequious to their supervisors i love that word obsequious the many lesser daedra of the realm are thought of as unthinking animals clan 
Dagon is the man as the main clan of the realm, but other lesser clans and castes are also represented. Jermora clan, Zivilai's clan, Shardai clan are three of the more prominent. All three are administrated from the Havoc Wellhead. So what is the Havoc Wellhead and how do we know about these other uh, groups, these other clans? Well, that actually comes from the game Battlespire because we interact with Mayrunes Dagon's clans and some of his uh, plans and, of course, terrible things that are going on in Battlespire. And that's one of those games that's so, so old now. And so many of the fans of the Elder Scroll games never actually played. But in short, the Havoc Wellhead is is a realm of oblivion controlled by many of the Daedric clans that also serve Mayrunes Dagon. It's accessible from the Battlespire and it has something to do with the commanding of Mayrunes Dagon's forces. So the idea here that there are multiple planes of oblivion controlled by Mayrunes Dagon and they both or they all serve different purposes is also interesting. Maybe that's part of how things are structured. Maybe the realm of oblivion, the deadlands that we go to when we have to fight back the portals is primarily a war focused realm. The Havoc Wellhead is a command focused realm. Maybe there are other realms that are more suitable to growing and creating Daedra or feeding them. There could be a lot more going on behind the scenes that we just have never interacted with. And I would love the opportunity to further experience that, to see what that actually looks like. So it leaves the question open. What are we going to get with the Gates of Oblivion? Are we going to be returning to these realms? I have a feeling we are. If we know anything about the ESO team, it's that they like to take the games that we've already played before and create spiritual successors to those stories. The things that happened in Morrowind around this this concept of a Nerevarine who wasn't the real Nerevarine. Uh, the, some of the storyline in that goes around that. That's that's tied to the events that we actually played through in The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. The events that happen in Skyrim around vampires and those things, those kinds of creatures are, are tied to some of the events that we play through in Skyrim in The Elder Scrolls Five. So if we're going to have a spiritual successor or extension of the things that we know from The Elder Scrolls Four Oblivion, then... I would assume that we're going back through these gates. There's got to be something to that, right? We've also already been to other Daedric realms in the Elder Scrolls Online, so it's not something that they haven't done before. Plus, in the last expansion, we had the overworld parts of the map, and then we had the underground parts of the map, as if we had two different structures. If you look at um, Somerset, you have the island of Somerset, but then you had us traveling to these other locations that were related to Somerset, but weren't part of the overland map. So I think that's, that's kind of their pattern is that you have a place, a place that feels like at least like home, you know, regular people walking around cities, regular creatures. And then you have other places that you go as part of the adventure. And I think that 
is going to continue moving forward with future stuff. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this. I know if uh, Lotus was here with me, I'm sure he would have some thoughts as well. I'm going to have to tap him on the next episode and say, say, hey, man, what do you think about all this stuff? And we'll have to continue the conversation. But I would love to hear from you guys. Of course, you're welcome to join our Discord. We are over 1,200 people now on the Discord. It is just amazing how many people are joining us. And let me know your thoughts about the Gates of Oblivion and what you are looking forward to. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire, and every one a sign. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Well, we're in the middle of the show, and I have to say a very, very, very special thank you to Noodle Al Dente. Noodle, this month has risen to the status of the highest of patron tiers for the first time for the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And that means that, Noodle, you have gained the title of Lorecon or Akatosh. I, I don't know which one you prefer, but... I'm going to have to call you that at least for this month while you're at this tier. Thank you so extremely much. Um, for those of you who don't realize, the top tier is like tier six, I think, on the Patreon. It was put there as a uh, just kind of a blind hope, you know, like you can sign up as, as you know, for one dollar at tier one. And, and there's 30 slots for that. So there's a lot of people who can fill in that spot. And then. Uh, above that's $5, $10, $25 for people who want to join us every month at the end of the month to have conversations and be on the show. And then there's a tier above that. It's 50 bucks. If you really, really, really love the show and you really want to support it, then you can do so for 50 bucks, which um, Noodle Al Dente has been doing for a while. And this month, as kind of a holiday surprise, <laughs> they went ahead and upped it to the very top tier. $250. That is amazing. That is, I can't tell you how much that means. Like the idea that somebody would enjoy the content that we're making and the work that I'm doing in order to contribute that much is, is beyond expectation. This was the kind of thing I created as just kind of a, I don't know, like I said, a blind hope. Like I didn't expect anyone to actually spend that much. That's amazing. But Noodle, really, really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. It means it means the world to me. Thank you for supporting the show. And also to all of our other patrons, whether you support just a dollar or five dollars, ten dollars, whatever it is, very, very much appreciate it. We have some new tier four patrons who will be joining us at the end of this month, which, which is actually very, very soon because this is the 18th that I'm recording this. So that would be Saturday, the 26th instead of the 24th, because, of course, the 24th is Christmas Eve. And that would be ridiculous for me to assume that people would rather join me on a show to talk about Elder Scrolls than spend time with their friends or family or whoever else. So 
Um, yeah, so the 26th will be our patron show next week, so don't expect to be watching us live or listening to the show before then. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have some awesome conversations. Guys, we still need to determine what the topic is, but I'm sure we won't have any trouble doing that. So let me know if you have any thoughts or ideas or things that you would like to discuss on next week's episode. All right, let's move on to the rest of the show. Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. So without Lotus here, the episode's a little bit shorter. I don't have somebody to kind of bounce thoughts off of and ideas. And and I, to be honest, I've I've really enjoyed have him have uh, being on the show because he has so much experience with the games that I haven't been able to play. And of course, uh, these games are so big, you can't have experienced everything. So to have somebody on the show to kind of bounce thoughts off of you know, and, and he, he comes at them from a completely different angle than I do. And I, I think it's a really great pairing. I hope you guys have enjoyed him being on the show. Um, but other than that, there is some news around stuff that's going on in ESO right now. Of course, it's that time of year again for the New Life Festival. And this is another one of those, you know, seasonal things you get to do in Elder Scrolls Online where you get bonus XP and you get to do these extra quests and unlock some new things. Um, this started yesterday, which was the 17th. Uh, most of you will be listening to this on the 19th or after, and it runs all the way to January 5th. And it's a, according to the description here, a cross culture celebration, uh, pick up the new life festival quest from the in-game crown store and use it to locate the new life Harold Breda <laughs> found south of the city of Windhelm East March. You can teleport directly to the New Life Festival tent via the portal found at S Im Impresario locations. I want to say espresso, but I was like, that is not a word that shows up in Elder Scrolls Online. I don't think they drink espresso. So here's a list of some of the stuff you can get, some of the rewards you can get for just doing these uh, themed events and, and stuff. You've got the skin changer motif chapters, uh, new life recipes, new life collectibles packaged in rune boxes, which are tradable, including the sword swallowers blade memento, the jugglers knives memento, fire breathers torches memento, mud ball pouch memento, Nordic bathers towel costume bather <laughs> that's oh my god I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna edit that out because that's i'm so dumb nordic bather's towel costume which i think is awesome the fact that you have a nord in a towel i'm looking for a picture for this right now but i don't see one up um colovian filigreed hood hat colovian fur hood hat these these look cool if you want to make your character look all snuggly warm um th these are very wintry looking outfits and the new snowball buddy pet what snowball buddy pet how did i not read this before i'm gonna have to look at pictures of these i want a snowball buddy that's awesome um a selection of lights lamps and lanterns for your home to celebrate the signal fire sprint and droughts of stealth and escape to celebrate the trial of five clawed guile very cool. In addition to the above, you will, um, I'm reading this from the website, you, <laughs> when you open a New Life Festival gift box, you may also receive one of these two different types of charity writs. Deep Winter Charity Writs, complete to unlock pages from the Skull Explorer outfit style, and Imperial Char Charity Writs, complete to unlock pages from the, I'm going to mess up this word, Urkindeleft Warrior Weapon style. And these are these are things that I have not collected. I need to be playing this more. 
Um, yeah, so look for me online. Hopefully I'll get some time to stream this over the next few weeks and knock out some of these quests. Um, and oh, the other thing to note before I head out, the guild has been having regular weekly events and with events like this coming up in game, it seems like a great opportunity for us to be jumping into some of these quests together and unlocking some stuff and trading some of the stuff that we, um, have been unlocking and already have. It's also a wonderful thing if you guys are in the any of the guilds um, to take these extra things that you collect and put them in the guild store for other people who haven't been able to get them yet. Just kind of like a take a thing, add a thing, you know, kind of, I don't know, like, you know, when you're tipping coins at the store and you put, you know, take a coin, leave a coin, that kind of thing. Works out great. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope this was, uh, you know, like old times for you guys. And we'll be back next week on Saturday night after Christmas in order to talk with our patrons. And it's going to be awesome. All right, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks or Zenimax Studios, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. If you'd like to help support the show, check out the rewards you can get at patreon.com slash elderscrollslorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. Thanks to our patrons for support, especially our tier five patrons, including Noodle Al Dente, who's currently a tier six subscriber. Thanks, Noodle. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words! He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Pulp Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Oh, we've all got the creeps going. I love it so much. Right there. Screechy child. <laughs> My favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. Hey, Guardians. We are the Destiny Show Podcast. A weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. 
We will see you, Starside. traffic and weather. Well, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, because they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever. So if all you squares wanted to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not Raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, they're not paying me enough for this. Till later, this is Rose. Raiders rule!